0: Hey, look, we, uh, we, we find ourselves uh, in, a, in an unsettling time at the moment. Uh, I don't know if you're feeling it. I think a lot of people are feeling it. Uh, a lot of, lots of uncertainty, uh, lots of turmoil, lots of tension. There might be some, there might be grief, uh, there might be loss, uh, confusion, not knowing really what is, uh, what is true and what is not. What is real? What should I follow? What shouldn't I follow? All of those sorts of things. Do I, you know, do I honor the government? Well, the Bible says yes, but what if that starts to impinge on, on kingdom values? There's all of these questions that, even as a leadership team, we're, we're having those conversations around, and, uh, and, and because we want to be a people that honor. Uh, but we also want to be a people that stand up for the values of the kingdom. And, uh, and it's such a difficult thing when those two things conflict. Um, but we're just seeking the Lord as you should be. And I want to encourage you. That's kind of part of the message uh, this morning. Um, but in times like this, it can be easy to have our attention drawn to what the enemies of God are up to. It's very easy for our attention to get drawn in and to start to look at, well, I don't like the look of that, and, well, oh, that seems a bit odd, and, or oh, that seems a bit kind of dark and dodgy what's going on behind the scenes there. It can be easy to have our attention drawn to what is being taken from us, maybe to what has been forced against us, or where there are things that are attempting to divide us. Because those things are happening in the world right now. Right across, across the globe, not just in, in one country or another country, we're not looking from a distance, but really right across the world, because of this pandemic, everyone is facing these similar issues in different ways. And the reality is, I think we can see from scriptures that the enemy <coughs> loves, yeah, I thought of someone dropping a water bottle, but it's, uh, it's maybe the speakers being funny. The enemy wants to lower our view. I don't know if you've ever jumped on like YouTube or the internet and you you look up something and then you start kind of going down and they call it a rabbit hole. You know, you start going down the burrows, and it leads to this thing and that thing and and whatever. But the reality is as you go down underground and start to delve in these kind of burrows of darkness, it ends up getting darker and darker and darker the deeper we go, the darker it gets. And we can become highly aware of what the enemy's strategies are. Now, I'm not saying that we should be ignorant, that that's the alternative. Oh, let's just be ignorant of what is happening in the world, or what might be happening behind the scenes or what the enemy might be up to. But if we are highly aware of that, then inadvertently we become less aware and we lose sight Of God's strategy, of what the Lord is up to. And as I, you know, across social media or even sometimes in conversations, it can sometimes seem to me like people have more faith in the enemy's ability to destroy than in God's ability to heal, to save, to restore, to renew. We have more faith and therefore fear around what is the enemy up to and what do we need to do to avoid this, then we do have faith in, well, God, you're still up to what you've always been up to, which is to destroy the works of the enemy. So the question is, well, does God have a plan and a strategy in this time? Is God inactive in this hour? Is he waiting for the enemy's next move so that he can react and plan his next move? or is he fully aware of all that is happening and all that is going to happen this theological principle is called the omniscience of god that he is all-knowing god is all-knowing so he knew about what was to come before the creation of the world he knew 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, God's fully aware of what was about to come. But it's important for us, and we need to make sure that we are focusing our attention on what the Lord is doing. That we seek His wisdom and guidance and trust His plan to continue to heal, to continue to save, and to continue to restore humanity. God is not asleep. God is not dead. He was dead for a very short period of time and then he conquered death. God is fully awake, but we need to be awakened to his plans. Even sometimes I hear the language of, you know, people, they're not awakened to the enemy's plans. They're, not, they're being deceived. And I'm not saying that people aren't being deceived, but again, the, the attention is we need to be awakened to what the enemy's strategies are. I'm like, no, we need to be awakened to what the Lord's strategies are. That's what we need to come awake to. That's what needs to be stirred and uh, and awakened in us. And listen, I have no doubt that there are conspiracies happening in the world right now. Evil forces conspiring together to bring death and destruction. And look, over the years, I've gone down plenty of rabbit holes and I don't tend to land on something to say, it is that, or that person is that, because there's a danger of judgment in doing those things but sometimes i go you know what that seems a little bit fishy so i'm not going to fully put my trust in that thing or i'm going to be aware of that that's my personal response but there's this reality that you know what i'm sure across the world there are evil forces whether that's principalities and powers supernatural evil spiritual forces or whether it be people who are who are greedy people who who want to control things, people who want their ego inflated by how much territory they own, whatever it might be, whatever is motivating it, I have no doubt that there are conspiracies, people conspiring together, evil forces conspiring together for death and destruction. But you know what? I'm conspiring together with the Lord. I'm conspiring with the Lord To bring about life, to bring about freedom. And for me, I'm like, I don't want it to be a theory. I want my conspiracy to be a reality. I want to conspire with the Lord to do the things that He desires to do. So, as a church, we want to be a people conspiring together to raise lovers of Jesus. We want to conspire together with the Lord to see His kingdom come to the earth. We want to conspire together with the Lord to heal the sick to raise the dead, to cast out demons. We wanna conspire to tear down strongholds and oppose the knowledge of Christ. There's a conspiracy going on and it's the people of God partnered with the spirit of God bringing the kingdom of God to the earth. So you wanna be aware of a conspiracy? That's the one that Jesus established. He was very clear, my kingdom's not of this world. You're not gonna see it. It comes like a thief in the night. It's like leaven woven into dough. You can't pick it out. You can't put your finger on it, but it's there and it's happening and it is spreading and expanding and consuming the world. The scripture, when Jesus spoke to Peter, he says, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, will not withstand the expansion of the kingdom of God. That's what it means. Jesus like like, I'm letting the devil know that his time is up. I'm letting the gates of hell know my people are coming to storm you. Yeah. See, our natural eyes can see the circumstances around us. But our spiritual eyes need to focus on the Father. I want to encourage you this morning, it is time to look up. It's time to look up. It's time to take your focus off of what is happening and look up and say, Lord, what are you doing? Because as we look out, we can ask, well, how am I going to provide for myself or for my family? But we need to look up and say, Lord, how am I going to provide for myself and my family? We can look out and we can say, Lord, how am I going to keep myself safe? Or we can look up and we can say, Lord, how are you going to keep me safe? We can look out and say, Lord, how are we going to overcome this circumstance? Or we look up and we say, Lord, how are we gonna overcome this circumstance? We look out and we say, Lord, how is justice gonna be done right now in the earth? When is justice gonna come? Or we can look up and we say, Lord, how are you gonna bring about justice in the earth? When is your justice going to come? See, to conspire, we must inquire. To conspire with the Lord, we must inquire of the Lord and say, Lord, what is your strategy? See, when I look out and I see my circumstance, I become very aware and I can name it, declare it, that is what it is. And I can be very sure of it. It doesn't change anything though. Being aware of a problem, that's one thing. Finding the solution to the problem, that's what we want. We need to inquire of the Lord for solutions. Jeremiah 33 verses two to three says, thus says the Lord who made the earth, the Lord who formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. He says, verse three, call to me and I will answer you. And will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Call to me, I will answer you. Look up, inquire of me, I will answer you and I will show you hidden things. I will give you the strategies. I will give you the answers to the problems that not just you, but the world is facing. And yet it feels like throughout the media, across of what I'm picking up, we're so highly aware of what is happening in the natural. We're not inquiring of the Lord to say, what is your strategy, Lord? So when I declare my circumstance, I'm just revealing the problem that I'm facing. When I inquire of the Lord, he'll reveal the solution to the problem that I'm facing. 1 Corinthians chapter two talks about us having the mind of Christ, which is the Holy Spirit. So if you read that, I encourage you to read 1 Corinthians chapter two. This is Paul, it starts of Paul talking about, it starts about, Paul's talking I came to you, the Corinthian church, and I desired to know nothing amongst you except Christ in Him crucified. And I came not with eloquent words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the power of God, that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That's his design. Then he goes on to talk. He's like, "Look, we release spiritual wisdom. We teach spiritual wisdom to the church, but only to those who are spiritually mature." And he says. Uh, The Spirit of God searches all the thoughts of God. The Holy Spirit knows every thought of God. That's every strategy, every opinion, every understanding, everything that the Lord knows, the Holy Spirit knows. And the Apostle Paul says, and you have the mind of Christ. You have every thought of God dwelling in you by the Holy Spirit. But his warning is not to be carnally minded, not to be so aware of the flesh, so aware of the natural reality but to be spiritually minded, to set our mind, our heart, our intention on the things of God, on the spirit of God, the plans of God. If we look, Lord, look at all that's happening in the earth. Do you, do you not see it? God's fully aware of what's happening. But he's like, up. you need to see what I see. And I have a very different plan. We need a God vision. We need a heavenly perspective even as we kind of, I think, I don't know if it came out in the worship time last week it's just about, it's like being up in, or maybe you shared, being up in the hot air balloon, you know, and, and seeing, having that God, that heavenly perspective on things. But I think for a lot of us, there's a, the first step is looking up and recognizing that there is even a heavenly perspective to take our eyes off what is happening in the natural and to look up and say, Lord, what are you doing? And the more that I inquire of the Lord, the more that I set my attention, my affection, everything upon him, the higher I'm raised up to have his perspective. God shares his secrets with his children. God has secrets to share with you. Not so that you can be inflated with knowledge or, and, and have your ego stroked, but it's, it's the secrets that bring about his plans and purposes. A heavenly vision starts by looking up. So, what are some practical ways that we can shift our attention off the natural and onto what the Lord is doing? There are three things. I'm sure there's a a bunch more, but we're going to start with three. The first one is to meditate on the Word of God, don't just read the Bible. And I mean, the word of God is whatever God is speaking to us in a moment. And it's also what God has spoken to us in the past. So the Bible is the word of God because God spoke some things to a people at a time and they recorded those things. But God can speak a word to you right now. And again, it's not gonna conflict the Bible. This is not that conversation about Scripture and things, but I'm just saying. God might say, "I feel like the Lord is speaking this thing to me." Okay, then take that. If you can find it in Scripture, so that it's rooted in something there. But meditate on that. Don't just read it. Meditate on it. Chew it. Have it constantly on your mind. Memorize it. As you might know, I didn't grow up in the church. Became a Christian when I was around 16. Um, But early on, and I was became a youth leader. But uh, our our pastor used to teach us memory verses, and uh, and they were really helpful they were mostly around kind of evangelistic verses so Romans 3 23 for all of sin and short of the glory of God Romans six twenty three for the wage of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus Romans 5 8 for God shows his love for us for why we're still sinners Christ died for us Ephesians 2 8 to 10 for it is by grace you have been saved through faith isn't it but I'm just saying it's good because those they're they're embedded in my brain I can just rattle them off like that, um, not to impress people, but just to, I, I know those truths, they're significant truths that relate to personal salvation. But we need to be consuming what God has said and what God is saying and have those things flowing in our mind and dwelling in our heart. And I'm, don't try and memorize the whole Bible in one go. Don't, even like, I'm, not, I'm saying, don't even just try to read it from start to finish find some scriptures that speak into what is happening now in this situation, the answer to the problems that you're facing. So if you're, having a, if you're facing the problem of lack, search and inquire of the Lord for his answer of provision. If you're facing the problem of fear, inquire of the Lord for his answer of courage. And we can stand on these things because God has spoken them and we can stand on that and say, well, this is what you're saying. This is what I'm seeing but this is what you're saying. When I look out, this is what I'm seeing. When I look up, this is what he's saying. Because God has a different perspective than what I do. We need to let them, we need to meditate, chew on them, let them swirl around in us these words that God has spoken and is speaking. Let it soak into our soul. Let it be on our mind and on our lips. Because the reality is that God is often more interested in changing you than he is your circumstance. Sometimes we face really hard circumstances and God's trying to talk to us about something and we keep trying to get out of the circumstance and the Lord's like, but I'm keeping you in the circumstance until you change because I'm more interested in you being different than your circumstance being different. As we shared before, this is the difference between God rescuing us or God bringing us through. We want him just to just deliver me from this circumstance, Lord. God's like, but I wanna give you victory. If you pull out now, you won't have victory. But Lord, I'm down. It's like, it's, I'm, I'm one goal and they're 10 goals, Lord. Just rescue me from the game right now. The Lord's like, no, no, but there's, there's 10 goals coming. I want you to be victorious. But in order to be victorious, you gotta go through and see it to the end. Let him change you. And the way sometimes God changes us, he conflicts us with truth. He reveals our heart, He exposes us. But man, how much more do circumstances do that? What is happening around us, maybe even what has been revealed in us. And we're just like, oh God, can you take that problem away? And God's like, yes, I'm gonna change your heart. Problem solved. Oh, that wasn't what I meant, Lord. I'm gonna read some Psalms to you. I'm not putting these on the screen because um, I want you to write them down or you can open your Bibles and read them because uh, I feel like we're, we might be getting a bit lazy as a culture when it comes to um, those sorts of things. So, <clears throat> Psalm 77, verse 11 to 14 says, I'll remember the deeds of the Lord. I will remember the deeds of the Lord, the actions of God. This might be something you can do. Say, Lord, I'm, I'm concerned about provision. <clears throat> What I'm gonna do, I'm gonna ponder all of the times that I've been concerned about provision and God has provided. You know how sometimes it's like, well, yeah, well, God provided 50 times before, but this time he might not. Yeah, or maybe he's the same yesterday, today and forever. <laughs> I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. I'll meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God. You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. Boom, Psalm 77, verse 11 to 14. That's probably enough for you to take away this week and, and ponder and dwell on. But I'm saying, just read it over. If you can find a worship song that, that talks about it, play that, just find these, these truths from the scripture, but you gotta get them in you. Got, they gotta be part of you, amen? amen? Psalm 119, verses 23 to 24. It says, even though princes sit plotting against me, your servant will meditate on your statutes. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. So even though people are opposed to me, there's enemies coming against me, what will I do? I'll meditate on your statutes, on your truths, on your ways. Your testimonies are my delight, they are my counselors. Psalm 119 verses 145 to 148. With my whole heart I cry, answer me, O Lord. I will keep your statutes. I call to you, save me, that I might observe your testimonies. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I hope in your words. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promise. It's all there in this thing called the Bible. This is one book and a few verses and already it's just like, oh, that's good. There's life in it. Psalm 143 verses five to six. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the work of your hands. I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Psalm 145 verse five, on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. God is alive and well and active and he has strategies. The plan hasn't changed for God. Well, Lord, what about global pandemics? Plan hasn't changed. Still the same plan. So meditate on what the Lord is saying to you or what the Lord has said in the past about circumstances you're facing. The other one is worship, worship, and worship. So there's five points. Meditate on the Word. Worship, worship, worship. And the next one. You know, but again, this is worship is a form of meditating on God's truth. Find songs that declare His, Again, you might be one, I just love when God just tells me, you know, or just intimate songs. That's great love, intimate engagement with God. But we also need the declarative truth of who He is, okay? Not just to receive it, to establish our faith, but to declare it, to send angels to flight, okay? To shift atmospheres, to shift what is happening in the world if you're standing in in reaction to what is happening in the earth and you're not standing up and declaring, this is what the Lord has done and this is what the Lord is doing. Too often we sit passively concerned about the future when God has called us to live actively shifting the outcome of the future to be in alignment with his plan and his word. But I love worship because worship gets stuck in your head, sometimes easier than reading a scripture. But when we are worshiping and it's put to a tune, then that tune comes up. You know, turn off ABC News and turn on worshiping God because one's gonna inform you of what's happening in the world. The other is gonna inform you of who the Lord is and what he's doing in the world. And the third point is pray. Just talk to God about everything. The mundane, the exciting, doesn't matter what it is. And inquire of him in prayer. This is what I'm saying. When you look out and you see something, look up and say, Lord, what are you doing here? Because you're not inactive and you care about me. You care about my life. You care about my family. You care about those who don't even know you. You love even your enemies, Lord. So even those who, are, who I might feel like are opposing me right now, you love. You love. Name your enemy today. And I wanna tell you, the answer is love, to love them. But I hate them. I know, and that's your problem. But life's never gonna come because hate destroys, it robs. That's the plan of the enemy, to hate. And I'm not saying hate unrighteousness, but when it gets directed into a person, when it gets embodied, I'm just saying, Jesus ain't with you. He's not gonna come into agreement with your hatred of someone. He's gonna come into agreement with your love for him and for what he's doing and his love is on those people. Even the worst of the worst in our opinion, God loves. Love your enemies takes away any excuse or opportunity for us to hate people. It's annoying, but it's true. If you have a prayer language, so I'm not talking about speaking in tongues, but if you, can, if you pray in tongues, if you don't, just ask the Lord, keep asking Him. But if you do, use it. Just use it, just pray in tongues. This is just your personal prayer language. It's your spirit praying to God. The Bible says that it edifies us, it builds us up. When we're praying in the spirit, we're speaking out and declaring truth. And again, you might just say, you might just get a word, God is love. And then we just start praying that God is love. I just thank you that you are love, God. And just start declaring God is love. God is love over my neighborhood. God is love over my workplace. God is love. Just start speaking those things out. Ask the Lord, just what do you want me to pray, God? And then start speaking and declaring. Now we might post some scriptures because there, oftentimes in Bibles, you'll see there's topical prayers or you can Google it even. They say, look up topical prayers. Prayers, topical scriptures. And I know in like the little, those little Gideon Bibles used to have, I'm sure they used to have like, you know, if you're facing this circumstance, here's some scriptures to declare. Okay, start to get them in you and then have them on your lips and start declaring them out. Amen? All right, Psalm 121 verses one to two. It says, I lift up my eyes to the, high, to the hills. So that's the high places. When the Bible talks about hills and valleys, the hills are the high places and oftentimes they're the places of encounter. So I lift up my eyes to the high places, the places of encounter. From where does my help come from? Well, my help comes from me figuring it out on my own and strategizing and planning and striving and doing these things. Ah, yes, that's where my help will come from. My help will come from the government changing their opinion on something. My help will come from this person doing this thing that's going to change this circumstance. No, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. God, what, what's, what are we going to do with earth right now? Hey, you know what? I made this thing. I know how it works. I've always had a plan and my plan is staying the same. Amen? Amen. So there are two things to do in this season. The first is to look up. When you're looking out and you see something, look up and inquire of the Lord. And the second thing for us to do as individuals and as the church of God is to move forward. Don't slow down, don't pull back. Because again, that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants you to look down and stop where you are. Look up, move forward. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. God knows the plans He has for you. We need to know the plans He has for us. How are you gonna know? Inquire of the Lord. And again, as I read before, Matthew 16, 18 to 19, I tell you, you are Peter on this rock, I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you, the people of God, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. What authority the Lord has given to us to actually determine what happens in the earth. Do you understand how powerful you are? How powerful your prayer is to shift things? But sometimes we can sit in this place of powerlessness. Powerlessness. We can we can draw back because we're concerned of what is happening out there. And I wonder, are you more offended or are you more on the offensive? I think sometimes we can sit in offense, we can sit on the fence, but we need to operate on the offense. This, God's like, no, no, why have you guys stopped? Why have you stopped moving forward? I told you what i 'm going to do, so why have you stopped moving forward? this doesn 't change anything when we 're in, in prayer on, on Tuesday in our, our staff our leadership team prayer time and, and I just had that picture of like a, a container ship, and even the way they 're designed these days they 're designed to cut through the waves, so they don 't ride every wave up and down like a like a little speedboat, but they 're designed to cut through to pierce through the waves and I feel like even as a church, but it might be for you personally it 's actually just time to keep moving through because when I know the direction I'm going and when I understand the weight that is behind me, it's called the glory of the Lord. The Bible says the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. The glory of the Lord will come behind you. That's what the grace of God does. The grace empowers us. And there is an abundance of grace behind you willing to keep you moving forward. Not in striving, but in ease. Say, but Lord, but what about this plan? And what about that person's plan? What about your plan, Lord. And when we stick to God's plan, we keep moving forward and we keep advancing. Everything that's happening in the world right now is an opportunity for the gospel to be shared, for the kingdom to expand, for people to become disciples of Jesus. So I wanna encourage you, don't lose focus. The kingdom is advancing. Look up and keep moving forward. Inquire of the Lord and then go about what he's already commanded us to do. Amen.